want you to look at this image for just a moment on the screen. Our creative arts guys picked this out yesterday, and I, I, love, I love this image. I love everything that this story portrays. I mean, they're all there, aren't they? Right in the midst of, of the light, Jesus right smack in the middle. And when you look at that picture, what you realize is that God just wrote a flawless storyline for his son to enter into the darkness of the world. I mean, think about it for a moment. The young virgin named Mary receives news from an angel named Gabriel that she's going to give birth to God's son, and, and, and the angel tells her to name the child Jesus. Then an angel appears to Joseph and, and tells him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, even though she's pregnant, because this was, this was God's son. This was, this was God's baby, and his name would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And even though we often don't think of how hard the journey really would have been. I mean, think about this. From Nazareth to Bethlehem, it was 80 miles. Rocky, rough terrain. Most likely, Joseph and Mary traveled on a donkey. It may have taken them a week or longer to get there. But the journey of Joseph Joseph and a very pregnant Mary is just a magical part of the story. After Jesus is born in an animal stable, because Joseph couldn't find any room at the Bethlehem Motel 6, the very first visitors to actually gaze their eyes upon Jesus are the shepherds, the outcasts of society, the vagabonds, the, the low class. And then sometime later, most, scholar th- most scholars think it was about two years or so later, the magi come from the east, the wise men, and, and, and they're bringing gifts with them, frankincense, gold and myrrh, and they, they lay them at Jesus' feet as an act of worship, and it's a beautiful story. I mean, it's magical. It's, it's full of hope and light, and, and, and the picture when we see it makes us feel really good about this time of the year. I mean, it's, it's what gives us all the, the warm fuzzies during Christmas season. However, what we really never talk about is that over 2,000 years ago, outside of the radiance of that stable, the world was a very dark place. When Jesus was born, Israel was, was not only very dark politically, but it was very dark morally and spiritually. I mean, at the time, Israel was being not only oppressed, but being occupied by the Romans. Israel's king was Herod the Great. Herod was a complete psychopath. Herod had been appointed uh, king of the Jews by Mark Anthony and Octavian, who were the rulers of Rome at the time. And Her- Herod was so paranoid about somebody taking his throne from him that he actually killed two of his three sons and had his wife executed. He's the same king that ordered all male children two years and and, and younger in Bethlehem and even the surrounding areas to be killed because he had heard rumors about the birth of the Messiah. It's recorded by historians that Herod's reign represented one of Israel's darkest moments and greatest times of suffering in their history. However, in spite of all the darkness, the people of Israel, just they still held on to this hope that God was going to send a great light to shine into their darkness. And that light would be a Messiah. He would be a, a savior to the Jews. He would be a light that would, would the, that would guide them out of their darkness. You say, where did all that hope come from? Well, 738 years before Jesus was born, God spoke directly to the nation of Israel and its kings through a prophet by the name of Isaiah. When Isaiah was a prophet, the, the, it was another very dark time in Israel's history. They were in a, in a time of suffering and darkness, not just, again, politically, but also morally and spiritually. 
The king in 738 BC was a guy by the name of Ahaz. Like many before him, the Bible says that Ahaz did not do right in the eyes of the Lord. God had been so clear with the, the Jewish people and all of their kings about how he wanted them to worship him. He wanted to be the first desire of their heart. He wanted them to seek him with all of their heart and with all of their soul and with all of their might. And he told them as long as, that, as they followed after his heart, he would be their protector. He would, he would provide guidance for them. But instead of seeking protection and guidance from the God of Israel, Ahaz went outside of that. He actually sought protection from other nations. He actually went to Syria and he, he built altars like the Syrians and he, and he sacrificed and disobeyed God's laws. He even sacrificed his own son as an act of false worship. And as a result, Israel fell away from God. They, they stopped worshiping him and they began to worship idols. And as, because of that, God actually removed his hand a protection from, from Israel, and very specifically, the northern kingdom of Israel, which is the region of Galilee, and he allowed it to be invaded by a ruthless Assyrian king by the name of Tegleth-Pileser III. And if you look in Isaiah chapter 8, at the very end, Isaiah actually uses words like this to describe this period of time. He uses words like distress and fearful gloom and darkness. So the times were bleak, they were, they were dark. The people during the time of Isaiah, like the people in the days of Jesus, they needed hope. They needed a rescue. They, they needed a great light to shine in their darkness. Well, one day, God sent a message of hope into the world. He told the nation of Israel through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, he said this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has a light shone. Now, to the people who were walking in darkness, God promised this great light. He said, I'm sending a light into the world that will actually lead you out of the darkness. But this light wasn't coming to conquer an enemy nation. It wasn't coming to overthrow some kind of foreign government. This was going to be a light that would be different than the nation of Israel would have ever, ever expected. God the Father was sending his one and only son into the world as a baby, to bring a light to the, to the realm of our spiritual darkness. I mean, listen to this amazing birth announcement in verse six. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will see to it. What a magnificent, amazing, brilliant promise. If you've ever heard uh, Handel's Messiah before, then you are very familiar with the, the, the words wonderful counselor and, and mighty God and everlasting father and prince of peace. But you may not have realized that these were words of hope and promise that were actually spoken by God, a promise that God was gonna send a light into a time of spiritual, moral, and national darkness. God was gonna send a light into the world that would be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, and a prince of peace. And for the people who were living in darkness during the time of Isaiah and even during the time of Jesus, think of the comfort and the hope that, that these words would have brought to everyone that would have heard them. And I want you to think this afternoon, 
of the possibilities for us. Think of the possibility of having a wonderful counselor. One of the things that I've learned over many years of doing ministry now and being a pastor is that, is that the Christmas season is very oftentimes a difficult time for a lot of people. It brings out a lot of emotions in people like, like stress and anxiety and, and despair and even loneliness. There are many people that, that struggle with these kinds of emotions all year long, but the fact that Jesus is a wonderful counselor doesn't just mean that he's a great listener or that he just gives great advice. It means that he understands our emotions and our problems in ways that go way beyond our comprehension and our understanding. Hebrews 4.15 says it this way, this high priest of ours, talking about Jesus, understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. Listen, since he created our emotions and he, and he actually created us, he knows things about us that only a God could know, that only the creator could ever know. His insight and his knowledge into our lives goes from our very first breath all the way to our very last breath. So he knows better than anyone else on how to lead us and guide us through the issues of our life. He actually tells us to let him carry our burdens. Now, what kind of counselor could actually carry all of the burdens, all of the trials, all of the difficulties and pain and suffering of all of their clients. See, only Jesus can do that. And that counselor is available to you today. This counselor, who's, he's the one whose who's open sign is always illuminated. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't take a day off. He never needs a rest. He never takes a vacation. And unlike me, he never needs a, sab- a sabbatical. That's why he's given the name Wonderful. And some of you may have never met Jesus before and you've never truly discovered just how wonderful he actually is. Then God says, I'm sending a light into the world that will be a mighty God. I I love this name, mighty God. Mighty in the Hebrew is the word gabor. Gabor means powerful warrior. It means hero. It means champion. God, in this instance, is the word el, E-L. It's used in other places in the Bible, we've heard of the word El Shaddai, the God who overcomes, or Elohim, the God who creates. But in this case, it's El Gabor, and that means that God sent a warrior into our world to be our light. Now you say, why in the world is that so important? Well, because every once in a while, we need someone to step into the darkness of our lives, into a dark situation, and to shine a light that will lead us towards hope. We need a powerful warrior to rescue us from maybe an, an addiction or a hurt or, or some pain and suffering or a broken heart. We need, we need someone who has the strength to put a broken marriage back together. We need someone who can come alongside of us and maybe help us through, through a difficult divorce situation or when we're going through a, a, a moment of pain and suffering, some kind of illness to, to step into that and bring healing and hope. And imagine how, how your life could actually change if you had a mighty warrior living his life powerfully through your life this afternoon. Just think of how much that could actually change your life. Listen, Jesus is not just a cute baby that we celebrate during Christmas time. God sent him into this world to be a powerful warrior that would help you to live victoriously and without fear in the midst of this dark world today. And then God said, I'm gonna give you a light that will be an everlasting father. Now, I know for a lot of people, just the mention of the word father, especially during Christmas, brings out a whole list full of emotions. For some of you, you have wonderful thoughts. Your minds go, go, go back to moments at Christmas of your dad sitting in his chair and the Christmas tree being there while mom doled out all the gifts and dad just sat there proudly knowing that he had a huge part in all of that. 
You remember just moments where maybe he was engaged in something that you were interested in and he shared the joy of whatever it is that you did. And so as you think about your father, you have wonderful thoughts, whether he's no longer with you or maybe he's sitting right next to you this afternoon. But for others, the word father brings sadness and even some pain. I know for me, like many of you who have lost a father, there's always a degree of emptiness that I feel during the Christmas season. I had a wonderful dad. He actually, he loved Christmas. He just, he made it so much fun. And he loved, he loved all the holidays actually, but, but he, he, he's just, there's always, when I go through this season, there's always a degree of emptiness and even uh, just a bit of loneliness that I feel because my earthly father is no longer here. For some of you, the word father brings a very different emotion. Maybe you, you have or had a mom or dad who good, for you, good was never good enough. You, your acceptance was totally based upon your performance. Your, their love was, un, was conditional and totally based upon your ability to be successful. Here's what I love about Jesus being an everlasting father. His love for you is not based on your performance. When he died for your sins, his performance was enough to cover your sins and and to gain you full acceptance by his father. God's love for you is not based on whether you can be good enough because you can't. God's standard for righteousness and acceptance is actually perfection. And the only one that could have ever met those standards was Jesus. That's why Jesus came to earth. He did for you what you could never have done in your own. Listen, he's an everlasting father who will never walk out on you. He will never leave you because you didn't meet up to his standards. He's not bailing because he can't handle the pressure of being a father. His acceptance of you is not based on your ability to perform. And there are no strings attached to his love this afternoon. I love this quote by Tully Tavidjian. He says, no matter how many times we've blown it, no matter how many years we've been unsuccessful, trying to get better. God attaches no strings to his love, none. His love for us does not depend on our loveliness. It goes one way. As far as our sin may extend, the grace of the Father extends further. Listen, there is great significance in the fact that God sent his great light Jesus into the world to be an everlasting father. It also means that his relationship with us is permanent. It means he's never going to leave us. He's never walking out on us. And his feelings for us, is never, they're never going to change. Here's what the Bible says about this everlasting father in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And not only does his character and promises never change, but his feelings and his commitment towards us never change. Deuteronomy 13.5 says it this way. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you and he will not forsake you. Listen, if you are here today and you're, you're, you're struggling as a result of a, of a tough relationship with a father, whether it's a, a past or a present situation, I have, I have a word for you this afternoon. It's time for you to switch fathers. Now, my boys were here last night, and I had to look over and just say something very directly to them. That doesn't mean that you dishonor your earthly father. But for some of you, it's time for you to find your acceptance in your heavenly father. It's time for you to, to find unconditional love and to rest and lean back into the arms of your heavenly father. It's time for you to fully embrace and to put your trust and your faith in this father who is faithful and loving and everlasting. 
God was also sending a light, and I love this, that would be a prince of peace. Now, in 1738, before Jesus was ever born, the nation of Israel, I mean, they desperately longed for peace. When Jesus was born, the promise of peace was just a flickering light. I mean, it was dim. God's people had fallen captive to one nation after another after another. They longed for this promised Messiah that, to rescue them. They, they held this promise close to their hearts. Why? Because it's all they had. It's all they had to give them hope. They, they, they needed hope that things could get better. They needed hope that God was still with them. They needed hope that their future was going to be brighter. Listen, I know that when you look at the news, whether it's you, you, you turn on your TV or you pull up the news on the internet, however you get it, the world today looks dark. We hear about terrorist attacks and activity going on all over the world. Uh, racial tension in our country like nothing I've ever seen in my lifetime. There's a cloud of uncertainty and, and fear that, that kind of hovers over not only our nation but all over the world. You see, when God promised a, a prince of peace, he didn't promise some politician that could talk a big game about peace or a military leader that could fight an enemy nation or a, some militant group for peace. No, he promised a savior that would shine a light into the darkness of our lives and be our peace. And that means that because of Jesus, we can have peace during the uncertainties of life. That means that we can have peace over our fears. We can have peace over our troubles. We, can have, we have a, a prince of peace who shines a tremendous light of hope into our future. And he doesn't just offer peace. The Bible says he is peace. He's the prince of peace. Listen, I can't help but think this afternoon that some of you are struggling. You're going through maybe a, a period of darkness in your own life right now. Maybe you, you've lost someone in this past year. And this Christmas season has, has been a real struggle for you. Maybe you're going through a, a messy relationship situ situation right now. And it, I mean, it is just, it's eating your lunch. It's been troubling for you. Maybe you have a son or a daughter who's just, just gone off the deep end. They're, 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 just, they're, they're going away from you, and you're trying so hard to, to bring them back in. And I'm telling you, it's just overwhelming your mind at Christmas. And so for you, the thought of a wonderful counselor sounds so good right now. Maybe it's a financial challenge, and, and the Christmas season has really put a spotlight on that struggle. And for you, a mighty God really sounds good about right now. Maybe... It's a personal spiritual issue. You used to walk closely with God, but for whatever reason, you've, you've drifted away. You've fallen into sin. And boy, could you ever use an everlasting father just to lovingly and gracefully just reach his arm out to you and just pull you back in. Some of you are struggling with fear right now because of the, the state of affairs all over our nation and our world. And man, I'll tell you what, what you need is a prince of peace. For others of you, you are spiritually lost you are walking in spiritual darkness. You didn't even know it until you came in here, but for what, now you know as you're sitting here, it's like someone is actually taking a light and shining it into your heart. I want you to know that that's the Holy Spirit shining a light into your heart at this moment, telling you, listen, what you need, the only thing that will ever fill that void is Jesus Christ. Listen, I have good news. God promised a great light that can not only bring healing and deliverance from the darkness in your life, but can actually breathe new life into your soul and give you hope for a future. Over 2,738 plus years ago, God promised that a great light was going to pierce the darkness of our world. And here's the good news. The light of the world has come. Here's how it played out one night in Bethlehem. In Luke chapter 2, it says this, 
And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I love how the angel announces the birth of Jesus. He says, I bring you good news. The Savior has arrived. And he has not just come for a select few or for a specific nation or even a certain religion. He came to offer forgiveness and life and hope to all people. Does anyone deserve this kind of offer? No, the Bible says we're just, all of us, we're just a bunch of messed up sinners in need of a Savior. It says that our best attempts to make things right with God are just like tattered, filthy rags. That's why God had to send Jesus to be a sacrifice for your sins, to take your place on a cross, to shine a great light into your own personal spiritual darkness, to offer you grace and forgiveness, to give you an opportunity to, to, be, to put you in a right standing with God. Yesterday morning, I was up early having my quiet time with God, and this was the passage of Scripture that my reading plan actually had me on yesterday morning. Apostle Paul says this in 2 Timothy 1. He says, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from, from be, before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way of life and immortality through the good news. I love that because that passage says it all, doesn't it? By his grace, God sent Jesus into the world of darkness and the darkness of our lives to shine a great light on the greatest message of hope that the world has ever heard. Spiritual death was defeated when Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins and then when he rose from the grave three days later. And today, listen, forgiveness and spiritual life is available to all who will put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ to be their personal Lord and Savior. This is how Jesus said it in John chapter 8. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And hallelujah, the light of the world has come. And that's what we're celebrating this afternoon. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? I'm very aware that at Christmas season, there's a lot of you that come to church and it's been a while. It's been a while since you've been in any church. And if I were to talk with you, you could probably point me to a place, a moment, a time, time frame where you could say, you know what, I, I remember a moment where I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ alone to be my personal Savior and I received his, his gift of forgiveness. He extended grace to me and I said yes to him, but Man, Brian, it's been a long time since I walked with him closely. Maybe you know the sin in your life that you're dealing with right now. Maybe you know the, you know, the, the darkness has kind of almost crept back into your world. Listen, I want you to, to know that this everlasting Father, this Prince of Peace, ex extends grace to you today. He knows everything that you do. He knows what you've done. He knows where you are today. But with heads bowed, it might just be a good time for you just to tell him where you are. 
You say, he knows what I did. Why should I tell him? He just wants... He, he, God never denies a humble heart. He says, a contrite, broken spirit I will never deny. So at this moment, if that's where you are, just come back to the Father right now. His arms are wide open. The Bible uses the word repent. It means to change your mind. It means to receive his forgiveness. And for those of you who are here today and you know Christ is your Savior, but you've been away from him, God says, come on back. There's some of you here today that when I talked about spiritual darkness, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You may not have known it before you walked in here, but like I said a few moments ago, it's like someone just took a light and just put it right on the darkness of your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God extending grace to you. That's God extending salvation to you. That's God telling you, I brought you here today. Someone may have invited you, but, but I brought you here today. I brought you here today to an extend something to you that you don't deserve. Forgiveness. New life. Spiritual life. A hope for tomorrow and a hope for the future. See, Jesus came to die on a cross for us when we should have been there. He came to pay a penalty that was ours to pay, but we could never have paid it. He sent Jesus into the darkness of our world to bring a light. And not just to bring a light, but to be the light. And today, if you are walking in spiritual darkness, you are lost, you, are, you know that you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ or God the Father, God says, it's your time right now. If you want to pray with me at this moment, just pray quietly in your heart. Just pray with me. Just say something like this. Father, at this moment, I want to say yes to Jesus. And I acknowledge that he is the son of God. He is the light of the world. He came to save the world. But at this moment, I know he came to save me. And with everything I know to do. I put all of my faith and all of my trust in what Jesus Christ has done for me on the cross. I thank you for sending him over 2,000 years, Lord, to engage the darkness of my life. Not only to be the light of the world, but to be the light of my life. And so, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for a fresh start. I ask that you will pour, Lord, your spirit into me. And I say yes to salvation, I say yes to Jesus, and I say yes to a personal relationship with you. Thank you for offering to me grace, something I could have never created, or Lord, something I don't even deserve, but I thank you. With heads still bowed, I'm going to ask you to do two things, but I won't embarrass you. Would you, if you just prayed that with me, would you just slip your hand up for just a moment so I can just see where you are, so I know how to pray for you? Hands going up all over the place. Amen. Anyone else? Now, if you just prayed that with me, would you do me a favor? Take out your Get Connected card that you were handed as you walked through the door. Would you fill it out for us? Or would you take it and give it to someone at the help center on the atrium? Here's, our, here's what we do as a church. This is our job. We're called to make disciples. The very first step to being a disciple is to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior. You just did that. You have now just gone from spiritual darkness to spiritual life. You have just now become part of God's family. You walk, you're walking into the Christmas season in a, in a light, in a way that you have never done before. Christmas should mean something different than it's ever meant to you before. 
but we want to help you to take your next step on your journey with Jesus. So if you would give us that card, we want to reach out to you and just give you some next steps to take to know how to get on this journey of becoming a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ.